Hello, everyone. Welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. Today, we have a very special guest to be in the show with us. Is a very good friend of mine. I invited Annie to share her perspective on certain movies. Let's welcome Annie. Hello, everyone, and thank you, Jenny, for having me. I'm kind of nervous, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if I can, you know, have much input. But anyways, I'll just, you know, have a chat with Jenny and then talk about movies. I think it's going to be very interesting because me and Amy both like movies very much, but our tastes are so different. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> We're talking about it. And it was like, okay, we, we, we watch very different types of movies. <laughs> Indeed. So hope we will have some interesting discussions. First of all, let's listen to the introduction of the first new movie we're going to talk about today. Incendies. Twins journey to the Middle East to discover their family history and fulfill their mother's last wishes. Mama. The first new movie we're going to talk about today is Incendies. Have you heard of this movie, Emmy? Actually, I haven't. It would be great if there's some intros or some、um, descriptions that you have or something that you know you would like to discuss. Would love to hear that. From what I heard about what you like, I think you probably love this movie because it's about mystery. It's about a mystery that goes between generations. Oh, that sounds interesting to me already. I mean. Like I, I love mystery. I love all kinds of stories that kind of keeps you hanging there before getting down into the details and getting down into what happens. And then it's just I I, I love this kind of movie. I, I would definitely go watch this movie. I think you already like the genre of this movie. How about the director? Director Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Um, he is the director of Dune, right? Yes. Yeah, I love Dune. Like, love, love. I'm looking forward to the second one. Does Dune count as a mystery, or is just the competition between all the families that intrigue you? I wouldn't say it's a mystery, but it's more like there is a story behind that. You know, when when you see the, it's not like mystery per se. It's more like there's a mysterious element within the story itself. So it's like every single second you watch, you are into that movie. You are kind of unveiling the story bit by bit, and that's the reason why I think it's intriguing, and that's the reason why I love this movie so much. Because there's just so much behind the story, behind what we thought it was, and the process of getting into the relationship between all the characters, and then all the histories between all the families and all the I would say races or. Generations, just very, very intriguing and appealing. I agree with you specifically on what you said about it reveals one thing a bit, and it gives you more when you dig、yeah. into the story. Yes, and that's exactly the reason why I wanted to read the book after I watched the movie. But actually, I didn't like the story after I saw the movie. <laughs> yeah, I heard that from you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like how families competed with each other to、mm. gain power. I heard that people say if you like Game of Thrones, you will like Dune. And apparently, well, I haven't I haven't seen that series, but I'm not one of the fans, so I guess that's why I don't like Dune that much. But I do like all the other works by the director, so Dune or Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival. But I heard that you don't like sci-fi, right? 
Yeah, I'm not into sci-fi. And then uh, actually circling back to the topic of like movies like Doom, I guess part of the reason why I like it because I have politics background. I studied politics back in college, back in um, university. And to me, this type of competition between families and then all the power relations to me is like nature, you know, to me is just very normal. And it's just what it is. To me, this is my worldview. And that is the reason why I just find it so intriguing how the power relations changes. And every single time, it's just very interesting to me to see this kind of stories, to see how powers change between, you know, people one generation to another. So I guess that's why. Yeah, now that you mentioned it's related to politics, I guess I know why I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> But if you like politics or like relations between nations, I really think you will like Incendus because even though it doesn't tell you which country specifically is in the story, it's based on the play in 2003. And the author of the play was a Lebanese Canadian. So people think he's depicting what happened in Lebanon. Do you have any knowledge about what happened there? I had um, some memory about it, but I, I, I would not say like I'm an expert. But anyways, it's, it's still about like all the power relations between countries. And that's exactly why I, believe, I do believe that I would like that movie. I would definitely go watch it. And then maybe we can talk about that after I watched that movie and then, you know, maybe there are some insights to share with the audience as well. Yeah, I think that would be very interesting to hear what you think. And the reason why we never talked about what's happening in this movie, because not just from me, from many other movie critics, they all think that it's better to know as least as possible before you go watch this movie, that you would be so surprised by the twist and ending and I personally felt very surprised. Oh, well, okay. You got to guess the the results at some points, but how it tells you the story is still something. Mm, sounds like sort of like murder mystery or like those type of movies that I love from the past. <laughs> like detective style, I love that too. Now I think we can move on to the second new movie we're going to talk about. It's going to be a little happier. <laughs> Yeah. No more politics. Sugar and stars. Since he was a kid, Yazid has one big passion, pastry making. Raised between foster homes and group homes, the young man will try to make his dream come true, to work with the greatest pastry chefs and become the best. The second new movie we're going to talk about is a French movie. It's called Sugar and Stars. From the name of the movie, I want to watch it. Do you like yeah. dessert, Emmy? Love it. I would say just love it. I'm a very picky eater from like savory to dessert. So definitely down for this movie because it's going to, I will probably want some dessert after watching it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. When I saw, I didn't see the trailer of the movie, but uh, just after reading the introduction, I feel like there would be a lot of beautiful and mouth-watering desserts in the movie. And it's about like French patisserie. So it's going to be a very interesting and mouth-watering experience. True. If you're going to watch a dessert movie, you definitely need to pick a French one. 
Yeah, exactly. Because I visited Paris a couple of years back. And then to me, everything about Paris is like outside of everything looks romantic. It's about dessert. Like everywhere, when you pass by a patisserie store, you just want to walk in because all the patisseries, they're they are like arts. Like they look pretty and they taste good. Are they sweet though? Like very, very sweet. Very sweet. But in a very delicate way, I would say that because in Taiwan, we know like a lot of people, they don't like macaron, those type of French dessert. But I think the reason why is that people don't make good, good French patisserie here. And it tastes very, very different. Even the croissant, it's very different. And even the um the the kind of cream puff, I forgot the name in in English, but the cream puff, the long ones, I'm not sure if you if you've tried it before, is a French patisserie, and it's amazing in France. I mean, I've never tried delicate patisseries in Taiwan, so that's when I realized, okay, France is really the place. I also met a person who's learning patisserie there, and then she's now back in Taiwan. She has her own shop. French wow. Patisserie. Yeah. Do you visit them very often? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, quite often because it's actually nearby my place. So sometimes I'll just, you know, book some dessert online to see like what they have for the week. And I just go there and try out a new um, new item. Cool, because I'm a sweet tooth myself. But the reason why I asked you whether it's super sweet with French dessert, because when I was an exchange student in the U.S., I felt that everything in the U.S. is too sweet. But I think it's probably because in Taiwan we use sugar cane and they use corn syrup, and mm. that's basically much sweeter than sugar cane. I don't think that's a reason why. I think it's just how basically the diet of the people there. I mean, when I was in the U.S., I felt the same. Everything is super, super, super sweet. Like, like sugar is free. <laughs> I mean, their cheese, their cheese is free too. For 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 the U.S. type of dessert is more like the unhealthy type of sweets. The sweetness level is very is very unhealthy. But in France, even though it's sweet, it gives you. It's kind of like you know, it's a delight. You will have it with Americano black coffee, and it's like a really good combination because it's like a delicate afternoon tea that I can have. The experience is totally different from the U.S. desserts. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you because I think in in Europe they would either have desserts with coffee or tea, but in the U.S. the only thing I can imagine would be desserts and Coke. And Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's stereotype because when I was there, like every event in the evening, they would serve super sweet cookies and Coke. <laughs> Yeah, and all their beverage is very sweet, like iced tea, you know, all the beverage that has tea in it, it's still sweet. <laughs> I guess that's just Americans' problem. <laughs> Japanese desserts are also very sweet, but because they would eat it with tea, and it's usually sugar-free. Yeah, and it's delicate as well. Like mm -hmm. they they don't they don't make it look like it's from a factory. But the U.S. desserts are like oh factory. I don't care. I just put in the sugar and the flour and everything, and then we have dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the dessert part, I also want to watch this movie because it's based on the true story. I don't know about you, but for me, true stories are something that intrigues me very much. 
to me the same. I love autobiography, biography type of、uh, movies and books, and oh, like art style. I love basically stories about you know based on true story because it's it's closer to our lives. It's closer to what reality can be, and sometimes it's just very inspiring when you see people, you know, growing from, let's say, one place to another, and then all the processes. It just, it keeps telling you that success is not overnight. It's not. There's no overnight success, and there's always a way for us to better ourselves in all areas, in all fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you that it feels more genuine if it's a、yeah. real story, and that your friend who opened a bakery shop in Taiwan maybe know about this story. The movie Sugar and Star is based on the true story of a pastry chef, and we just discovered that in France they actually have a lot of ranks describing how good or the position of a pastry chef is. Yeah, is is very interesting because dessert and patisserie is a real thing. Like it's a really really big thing in France. If you go to a French restaurant, there's always a pastry or patisserie waiting for you at the end of each meal. So for them, even for dessert, in every restaurant they will have like a rank from chef to sous chef to like the team leader and then to like apprentice or like just the usual patisserie baker or cook who say. So it's re- really interesting where they have the entire system for patisserie, like a that's a Michelin star restaurant. I believe so, and I think it's very reasonable because. Like in the Inuit language, they have a whole bunch of vocabulary describing snow. So I guess <laughs> it's reasonable for friends to have so many ranks related、yeah. to desserts. Yeah. So the movie Sugar and Star describes this pastry chef about his story from being a foster kid when he was little all the way to. Now, when he's already a world champion, are you interested in this kind of story? Yeah, of course. Especially when I saw like he worked to be able to work with Ho Bushong at some point, because Ho Bushong is a very famous, like the top one of the top patisserie chef in the world. Yeah, I, I I was expecting you to read that because Amy knows French, and I was like, I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't spoken French for a while, so like, Hobuchon should be okay. I think this is the right way for to pronounce it. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's really an inspiring story. It represents how a person can be determined for something he really loves. But I think sleeping on the beach is too much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> If you're after your Drink. Sometimes you have to make some sacrifices, and I feel like for Western people overall, this is just something that they will do. I think in the Asian culture, this is just impossible. But I think for them, this is very. I think I've heard a lot of stories like this where they don't have their family to rely on if they want to pursue their own dream. And after 18 years old, they have to move out. They have to figure out what they want to do in the future. They have to make decisions and be responsible for themselves. So I guess. The story itself sounds like one of those success stories as well, where you have to encounter all the struggles and then, you know, sleeping in McDonald's, sleeping on the beach, sleeping wherever. <laughs> yeah, I I can understand if you say somebody has to sleep at McDonald's or on the street, 
But I mean, isn't that too cold on the beach? <laughs> they will figure a way out. Like maybe this is summer, I guess. And oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, and for winter they have other places to go. Yeah, so and thankfully his colleague figured out that and got him into their hotel. That's a very good story to know. But besides that, there's another interesting story about him. In order to learn from another master, he didn't have the money to stay in Paris, so he would take the train all the way from another city, and it's like I think 540 kilometers. That's like longer than the distance from Taipei to Kaohsiung. Yeah. yeah, that's what I remember. It's It's about yeah, 297. It's about 300, 300 kilometers. So it's longer than that. So I guess he probably needed to spend like nine hours on the train every day. Uh, so if it's five, five, seven, uh, two point, I think about seven to eight. I guess he sleeps on the train then. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I think learning these kind of stories from successful people. Is very inspiring, but at the same time, we we sometimes doubt ourselves, and that's the reason why we can't be so successful like them. But I would like to watch this movie just for the desserts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, these success stories are very inspiring for sure. And I believe you have a true passion in something, and you are really just dedicated. There's You only have one goal in your life, and then you have to make it. You believe you have to make it. That is the only way out. And you know, in your whole life, you're only going to do this. Then, I think all these stories make sense. Like you would do whatever it takes to make it happen. True, I believe so. And because I think that's what I would do for movies and sports too. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah I agree. I just I just don't have that passion for desserts. Like I I don't love desserts that much. But I mentioned that he won the world champion, and that was in 2014. He participated in a dessert competition. He designed some ice cream, chocolate, and ice sculpture, winning the championship. And I hope they actually put that into the movie. Yeah, I I I would look forward to that as well to see what exactly is the winning ice cream because I'm a big fan. Gelato, of course, not compared to ice cream. Gelato, better. <laughs> What's gelato? Gelato is the Italian style of ice cream. In in America, we call it ice cream, and ice cream is usually made of cream. So it's like more buttery tastes, and then you have to drink water after that because it's going to be like a little bit too buttery in your mouth, and you need you need some cleanse afterwards. And for gelato, it's not made of cream. I forgot what ingredient was. Is added, but it's not cream, so it doesn't. You you don't feel buttery after having gelato, but it looks exactly the same as ice cream, like you know the swirl and everything. But it tastes a lot better because you don't you don't have the buttery tastes, and then you don't need cleanse after having it. And there's also sorbet. Sorbet is basically more watery than ice cream, and gelato is a watery and healthier version of gelato, or a little bit different from gelato. Yeah. Three times. Wow, sounds yeah. like Amy really is an expert of desserts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just know what I want. Like gelato, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but like you said, like ice cream is also my favorite dessert. So I will look forward to that scene when he won the championship in the movie. Yeah. Okay. 
And before we move on to Top 007 and talk about some trending movies in Taiwan recently, let's review what we had from last week first. And last week was interesting because all the movies on the chart were crammed into top three. So we can review what we had. We had the two top threes, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, and Red Line. And top two would be Dungeons and Dragons and Evil Dead Rise. Also Guardians of the Galaxy of O3 and John Wick Chapter 4. So we actually have four top two. Yeah, that's crazy. And top one, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Let's see if the ranking is different this week. From top seven to top four. Top six, Red Line. Top five. Love again. I must have the dead boyfriend's number. That's super sad. I think they're nice. Top four. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. I'm here to speak to you today about your changing bodies. The blood is released. The black demon. What's going on here? <gasps> All four movies from top seven to top four this week I haven't talked about. And since we have Amy with us today, I'd like to make some changes. Since usually I don't criticize movies, I usually recommend movies for people to watch. But I really want to talk about The Black Demon. Are you interested in this kind of movie, Amy? No, I'm not a fan of this type of movie. Personally, just don't watch them because they're over Hollywood channel. <laughs> yeah, when I saw this movie, I was like, Oh, I think this is that kind of movie that we will see on Hollywood Channel. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. It's just disastrous B-movie. Mm-hmm. But apparently, people love it here in Taiwan. Yeah, I don't know why. Because whenever I turn like the TV to like the Hollywood movie channel, is always, you know, this type of disaster movies. Like all the same sharks. Always sharks. Or something that's like sharks, but monster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, indeed. But I think most of these movies are fake. But the Black Demon is actually based on, I wouldn't say legend, because I think legend is something good. It's a a folk monster in Mexico. So would you you like to know more about this monster if it's actually based on a folklore? I mean, I will want to know what this shark is like in the folklore, but I don't like folklore being turned into like a monster and then it would destroy like something or like create disasters. That's two different things. <laughs> Same here. I think it would be interesting to know about the story and yeah. how it started, why people in Mexico would believe in it. But I don't want it. I don't want to see how it destroyed something. <laughs> yeah, it's like you. you're it's already demonized and then you are demonizing it again. Like maybe it's not, you know. And connecting it with modern society. Yeah. Yeah, but basically this shark, this black demon is similar to the shark, to the jaw, can we say that? But it's actually bigger and has sharper teeth. But it really sounds scary. And people in Mexico think that it might be a kind of shark that went extinct 2,600,000 years ago. 
Did you see the news that somebody said they witnessed the Loch Ness monster the other day? Yeah, I think I saw that. For me, I believe I do believe that there are creatures out there that we don't know, and maybe from like millions of years ago they're still around. But I know sometimes for these type of stories, I just you know interesting to know, but not exactly looking forward to having it in a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you because I also believe there are creatures out there like Bigfoot or Loch Ness monster. But if it's just a movie or a picture, I don't think I would want to know more about it. But anyway, this kind of shark can be twenty meter long, so I guess that's their hype in this movie. Yeah. And what surprised me the most is that it's actually starred by Josh Lucas. The most famous movie he's played in recently was Ford versus Ferrari, and I liked it very much. Although he wasn't one of the main characters, he was pretty good in it. And even though some of his other movies weren't that good, it's still surprised to see him taking this movie, The Black Demon, because it's apparently a B movie. <laughs> I can feel that you're just not into the idea that he's, you know, he, he's he's stars in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, if Taiwanese people love it, I think it will get pretty good box office. But if you're looking for good movies this weekend, don't go watch this. <laughs> I mean, actually, we can talk about this, like you know, dig deeper into the reason behind why B movies are so popular here. It's just very interesting phenomena to me. Like, I really do want to know why. Do you have a theory? I feel like disaster is a very huge topic here because maybe people are just too stressed all the time. Like in Asian society, seriously, like. If you look at all the movies that are popular in Korea and Japan recently, you can actually see that it's all about disasters. It's all about zombies. It's all about apocalypse. So people apparently love this type of topic because for them, it's maybe like a relief, like a very sick way to do so, but like a relief sort of. I agree with you, and I think it would be positive to think that at least in Asia, our disasters are in the movies instead <laughs> yeah. of in real world. Yeah, yeah, and I I think Asians tend to be more pessimistic. That's the reason why it's acceptable for us to watch all these disaster and apocalypse type of movie. Well, I believe in the West, this may not be as popular. So if you have a theory or you know exactly the reason why people in Taiwan love these kind of disastrous B movie a lot, you can tell us your answer. Yeah. <laughs> for now. Let's move on to top three to top one. Top three, home for rent. Gwyn, Ning, Wah, Chai, Kun, Pam, Pa, Kun, Chao, Ma, Do, Ba, Na. Top two, the Super Mario Brothers movie. We're adorable. Oh, I got this. No problem. Top one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I'm done running. Originally, I wanted to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, but Amy doesn't like Marvel movies. Unlike me, I'm a Marvel fan, so we're going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Are you a big Super Mario fan? 
play video games like Super Mario. Um, usually the 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 racing, the car race. I don't I don't know exactly the name. Super Mario Kart. Yeah, Super Mario Kart game on Switch and all the um, console games. I love that, but not exact. I will not say I'm a fan of Super Mario. Yeah. But if you like Super Mario Kart, I think you will love this movie because according to our mutual friend David. He said it's not a movie, and that's the reason why it got criticized a lot within、mm-hmm. movie critics. But it's an experience, and from what I re- researched, they basically moved everything from Super Mario Kart into the movie. They recreated the track and some special effects in the game. Oh, okay. When I watched the trailer, I found it very interesting. About the Rainbow Road, do you、ah, like that level? Not a fan, but I do think it's really cool. <laughs> Because when I play Super Mario Kart, I usually play in a safe mode that my kart will never fall out of the track. Yes. So, <laughs> you too. <laughs> so I love Rainbow Road. Because if I won't fall out of it, then there's no reason to be afraid of it. But It's a、uh, like people say it's a boss level because it's super difficult. Yeah, it's like the difficulty level is not about like safe mode or not. And to be honest, instead of using console to play the controller, I actually prefer the one that we have at the arcades where you have the entire you know the driving, you have the handle and everything. Oh my god, it's a totally different experience. <laughs> It feels like an immersive experience. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you have the brake, you know, and everything. So it's like you're driving instead of just using your controller for that. I've never tried that. Do do we have that in Taiwan? Yeah, we have that. We have that in arcade, like Tom's World. Oh yes. Uh huh. Wow, that really sounds interesting. And I think if you're a big fan of arcade, you will probably love this movie because it's an experience. Yeah, I do feel like it's going because I also heard from. Quite a lot of friends of mine telling me that is actually pretty good. Like, if you don't have really, really high expectation in terms of it being a movie, then I think overall it's pretty interesting. But I'm not sure if it's up to the level where we can see like the production value of Player One. Um, do you know Player One? Yeah. Yeah, Player One is one of my favorite movies when it comes to like video game re- relevance movies. So that one is like for me. So far, it's the best one when it comes to video game topic movies. Now you mentioned Player One. I think the difference is that Player One tries to pay tributes to many different IPs, but、yeah. Super Mario Brothers movie it only focuses on one, and it doesn't have a well from the critics that I saw, it doesn't focus on a concrete storyline. It just wants you to experience what you play before, and now you can watch a movie on it. But you probably know what's going to happen and everything. But I think Player One has a very good script. Yeah, maybe like to me, it sounds like the Super Mario Bros. movie is more like a gameplay, but with big screen. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it would probably be more interesting if people can actually decide what's going to happen in the movie, like interactive. But if you are expecting to watch a movie, movie maybe that's not a good choice. But if you want to 
remind yourself of your childhood? I, I wasn't sure about that because I still play it. <laughs> yeah. We're still in our childhood. Yeah. It's <laughs> fair to say. <laughs> so maybe maybe that would still be a good choice for a weekend night or something. Yeah, I guess so. And then maybe afterwards you can just have your PlayStation or Switch ready at home. So then you can enjoy it to the fullest. Yeah, true. I, I saw a lot of people saying that they want to play the games once again after watching that movie. So I guess for the game company, it's still a good advertisement. I feel like it's mostly for advertisement where it actually inspires people to play the game more and then to try to break the record because they feel so inspired that they can actually do this and that in the actual Mario uh, Mario bro- bro- Brothers race, like the carts race. So maybe that's the reason why the movie is more like an experience because it makes it makes people want to play more. So all the movie critics were wrong. They thought they're watching the movie, but actually they're watching the commercial. Commercial, yeah. So if okay. it's a commercial, maybe it's really successful. And yeah, I, um, and and I think there's a one interesting point to point out is that because I'm personal, personally I'm in the video game industry, and I've seen so many games out recently that is there are targeting more like the immersive experience and everything and then we talk about like the uh, metaverse and then having everything in one i think the idea of this movie is actually part of this what is going on in the video game industry video game is everywhere it's in the movie it's not just video games it's everywhere in your life and i feel like as you mentioned it's a commercial but i feel like it's more a way that the video game industry is trying to get into our life more bit by bit. Yeah, I like what you said. And especially, I think it would be a very good idea if they can like launch a special edition with the new card they created for the movie so that players can buy, then I think it would be a very good promotion. Yeah, I feel like there are just so many possibilities towards how this can turn into even if there is going to be a movie type of immersive experience in the future where people buy tickets into a movie theater to play video games and with like the movie production level quality. And that can be a thing. Yeah, now that we have VR and everything, I think it just gives people a lot more imagination and possibilities in the gaming industry. And so we introduced four movies today. We talked about new movies, Incendies and Sugar and Star. We criticized the Black Demon a bit. And we talked about the Super Mario Brothers movie. And if you like any of these movies, well, if you if you want to watch the Black Demon, we'll, you can still go. I just don't recommend it. So before we close the show, is there any specific movie that you want to watch this weekend, Emmy? Uh, not specifically this weekend. Maybe I will try to find something tomorrow to watch. But I'm actually going into the cinema next week for Next Sohi. It's a Korean movie starred by, what's her name? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce Korean, right? So maybe Peduna. our Korean expert can, Peduna. Peduna, Peduna right? Petuna, Petuna, yeah, Petuna. Hopefully, my Korean pronunciation is okay. Um, anyways, it's she is one of the top, I would say, actresses in the Korea film industry, 
And then this movie was actually released at Cannes back last year in May and is releasing to the general public this year in Korea. And I think it's in February. And now Taiwan is just got released last week. So very looking forward to it since Korean movies have been on a rise recently. And they do have really good production in terms of like the storytelling. Everything is not just the production value of the scenes and that. It's more like the story itself, good storylines, good actors and actresses, and then timeline, everything is all. So far, I have been impressed by quite a lot of Korean movies. Yes, I agree. I think Korean movies recently have been better and better, and they have a lot of great stories to tell. Yeah, yeah. So, so getting actually getting back to kind of the the what the movies that I like is more. I love those dark stories, like where we can actually see the dark side of humanity, the dark side of someone's personality, and that is why I love Korean movies because they always have this element. Oh, if you like Dark Side of Humanity, I think you will like Incendies. <laughs> Keep yeah, promoting yeah. that movie. Yeah, and that's the reason why Marvel is not my type usually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Marvel doesn't focus on Dark Side of Humanity. That's DC's job. Marvel focuses on the flaws of humanity, not Dark Side. <laughs> Marvel is more so. optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Annie, for joining me on. This week's show, and we hope you can come back and have fun with me more times in the future. And this is all the time we have for today. And remember to tune in same time next week. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.